Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manesh. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the show, George Newberry. Thanks, Victor. I appreciate you having me on. Great to have you here. Now, George, you've been at this game quite a while and you've done a whole bunch of different things. Uh, before we dive into the details, maybe give us a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Sure. About 20 years ago, I owned about 4,000 apartments across the country. An ice storm devastated my largest holding, which was 1,100 units in Columbus, Ohio, and triggered an extraordinary sequence of events in which I lost everything and ended up $26 million in debt. I rebuilt myself through American Homeowner Preservation, which is a, non a nonprofit that I started in 2008 to help families at risk of foreclosure stay in their homes. And that was largely targeting the families that were going through the same challenges that I went through when I was overwhelmed with debt. And that the model there was to advocate on their behalf with their lenders and mortgage servicers. And largely, we were unsuccessful. We helped about 10% of the thousands of families that came to us. And we had to find a different path forward. So what we did is we transitioned to becoming a for-profit and we started buying pools of defaulted mortgages from banks and hedge funds. And that is the pivot that was successful. We have bought more than 10,000 mortgages in the last decade. And AHP has now morphed in, or evolved into a number of different uh, companies, such as a, a national mortgage servicer, a national mortgage or originator, and other services all centered around uh, helping families, particularly in, in low and moderate income neighborhoods, uh, both become homeowners and then retain home ownership. And one of the uh, challenges that we had when we decided, hey, we want to buy notes, is that there really wasn't a place to go and buy notes. There's plenty of outlets online where you can find homes for sale, commercial properties for sale, multifamily for sale, but you don't find individual notes for sale at any scale online. So we wanted to solve that problem. So we went to a number of banks and hedge funds and asked them, you know, here's what we want to do. We want to be your conduit, like the auction.com. But instead of selling your REOs, we're going to sell them as, as, as notes. And we didn't get a great reception. You know, we were saying, hey, you have 100 notes. Let's sell them to 100 different investors. And they said, hey, that's 100 different contracts. That's 100 different know your customer checks. Uh, and I was saying, yeah, but the, the local investor who's okay if that goes REO is going to probably pay you five or 10% more. And they just said, it's just not worth it. You know, five or 10% more, we're going to give it back uh, with all the inefficiencies that, that, that this creates. So we solved that problem. It took a while. We solved the problem. What we did is we created a trust. The trustee is US Bank. And so all the loans that are transacted in our portfolio get sold into this trust. And then the individual investors who, who, uh, purchase the assets, hold, uh, get participation agreements that are in the asset or assets that are held in the trust. And that was the pivot that worked because now they could, an institution can sell a hundred loans at one time and it could be going to a hundred different investors, but to the seller, they're all going to one place, which is this one trust. And it's an easy know your customer check. US Bank is the trustee. And so that's work. And that's something that we're now growing. I, I, everything I, I tell my team almost every day that we're building this for the next downturn. When the next downturn hits, we need to have the capacity to be the primary conduit for selling these these notes uh, into the market. That's a fascinating, fascinating story. And it's one of those areas that, you know, in the last downturn, we saw an awful lot of people play in the market. The ones who were most successful had very strong connections into Wall Street, or they had very strong connections into a lender where exactly as you said, 
you could buy an entire portfolio, which basically restricted the game largely to institutional players and really very quickly shut out the smaller players, even though theoretically the numbers work and it's a very good business to be in, most of the small players got squeezed out. Today, the default rates are pretty low. We've had a crazy up market for a number of years for somebody to default on a loan and lose their property is fairly rare in today's environment because they could they should be able to just sell the property in a week and get out without having to default on the loan or without having to declare bankruptcy or the equivalent of a bankruptcy. So mm-hmm. we're obviously, you know, it's not 2012, but there are signs that the moratorium on evictions has, has been lifted, the moratorium on foreclosures has been lifted, that we are entering a period with rising interest rates that we are probably going to see a lot more defaults in maybe not the near future, but certainly in the future. How has the market changed from your vantage point? Are, are the lenders still on board with this approach? Are you seeing a reasonable volume of transactions even today? Even today, we have funds that are putting on hundreds of assets at a time. So, I mean, right now, it's not, we have yet to crest a thousand, but we've hit 900 available assets at a time. So that's not huge, but in relation to some of the big REO platforms, they've also suffered from a lack of inventory the, the last few years with the foreclosure moratoriums and whatnot. And this year, a lot of people struggled during COVID. Homeowners struggled with their payments and they were protected by the foreclosure moratoriums, which by and large ended at the end of last year. But this year, there's been a lot of regu- uh, regulators who have put pressure on the lenders and servicers to try to keep try to explore options to keep the families in their homes and they're backing it up with money they they've uh, they are using some of the covid stimulus money to help families stay in their homes who maybe got behind during covid and they're they're helping reinstate their payments and different things and that has uh so this year we haven't seen the flood of foreclosures that you would typically expect and also as you mentioned there's equity so a lot of families that were behind and maybe were behind at the at the advent of covid now they can sell their home and walk away paying off the loan in full and money in their pocket, which is great, a great resolution. But now the market's starting to get a little bit soft and uh, and there is uh, many indications that a contraction is, we're at the beginning of a contraction that will uh, likely result in prices dropping. And when that happens, expect, uh, expect defaults, just an increased amount of defaults. And there was a huge run up or a steady run up in values, maybe 2013 on up to when COVID hit 2020. And I think we were due at that point for a contraction. But when COVID hit, and I thought things were going to start uh, dropping, but instead they went the other direction, 25, 30% appreciation in many markets. Today, think about this. If the market goes back to where it was, the property values dropped to where they were at the beginning of COVID, that would be catastrophic for both lenders and homeowners in that they suddenly have no equity. Uh, their down payments are lost and kind of you're seeing you know, some of the things that happened in 2008. And that isn't too far-fetched to say it just corrects to when COVID hit. Time will tell, but we're overdue for a contraction. That's going to happen and there will be a lot more defaulted mortgages. I think so as well. So let's talk about the game from the perspective of an investor or someone who wishes to buy a note. The way I understand, and I'm not a big player in this, we're largely developers, but as I understand it, you're buying a distressed note. The The cleanest path to making money in that business is to take that distressed note. You're probably buying it 25, 30 cents on the dollar. You're then going to back to the to the homeowner and saying, okay, Mr. Homeowner, I understand you can't afford 
maybe a hundred cents on the dollar. Let's do a loan modification. Can you afford 75 cents on the dollar? Okay, we do a loan modification. You now season the note performing against that that new valuation. And now you sell the note for maybe 65 cents on the dollar and you've doubled your money in a very short period of time. Is Do I have it basically right? You have the basics right. Uh, the only thing uh, is that pricing adjusts. Now, 10 years ago, we could buy loans, uh, not as cheap as 20, 30 cents on the dollar. It, once in a while, it was very problematic or low value, but we would typically buy under 50 cents, like 40, 50 cents you could buy. And, and that's on value. So back then, almost everything, everyone was underwater. So if somebody owed 200, now the ha- house was worth 100, you could probably buy that for 40, 45, 50 uh, cents on the $100,000. And so maybe it is 25 cents on the, the 200. But things have changed. As the market improved, people were almost building in house price appreciation in their pricing and the, the pricing crept up, up, up to the point where in we've heard defaulted loans in the last two years. Sometimes they were selling for close to 90 cents of what was owing. It was just very, uh, very high pricing, which caused us to step to the sidelines by and large. And then on the platform, we, you know, originally we just had like a few hundred assets, but now we kind of see pricing today in the 70s, 70% of property value, if there's equity, which now a lot of loans have equity, then it, it can creep up to almost 90% of, of what's what's owed. Now that'll, damp- as the market contracts and the supply of defaulted mortgages increase, and now people are factoring in potential home price depreciation, those values will soften. Just like the home prices will soften, the, the defaulted mortgages will soften. But we're seeing 70s right now on the percentage of property value. Now, you mentioned you have a loan servicing business and a loan origination business. I'm guessing there's a tie-in here. There is. Uh, one of the challenges, if you buy a loan, you can't just knock on the door of the homeowner and try to do a mod or try to do a DLU or whatever the resolution that, that the homeowner wants. Instead, you have to do that through a mortgage servicer. So, And then you can quarterback the mortgage servicer and say, I, you know, I want to... Um, I want to do a mod or deed and lieu, or I'm open to whatever the homeowner wants. Just bring me the, what what they want, and then the the servicer is making that contact and 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 bringing back the um the potential resolutions. And I guess more importantly, the servicer is going is making that contact. They're doing a mini Miranda, which we probably all heard. You know, any information will be used to uh, to collect the debt and uh, and verifying their identity, which are key. It's very easy to not to make mistakes there and to trigger FD, Fair Debt Collection Practices Act violations um, or other violations. So that's why it's heavily regulated industry. So that's why a homeowner can't or somebody can't just buy a loan and kind of service it themselves, especially one in default. Uh, so that's why we have the mortgage servicer. And so that everything that we finance on the platform, we require that we service it. And we, we also get to require who the law firm is that does the foreclosure or a trustee that does the foreclosure partially because we if we're financing it we need to kind of make sure the money comes back to us when there's a resolution uh if it's um if somebody buys it for cash then uh they can move they could service wherever they want but they do need to have a licensed mortgage servicer fascinating now your focus sounds like is primarily residential any thoughts on various commercial asset classes ranging everything from industrial, retail, land. Uh, do you play in that space as well? Yeah, we've had a handful of multifamily properties, a handful of, uh, we had a motel, some office buildings. Uh, so we have had a, a modest number of commercial or, or multifamily assets. I think that's going to increase. You know, if anything, that market is has, has taken a, a much bigger and earlier hit 
than uh, than the residential market. But I haven't seen too much debt that's been traded at, at big discounts there, but it's coming. Uh, strip malls, office buildings, small balance commercial primarily, um, where you know we're talking you know under five million dollars. I expect to see that on the, creeping into the platform in larger numbers over the next year or so. In the wake of the great financial crisis, we saw a number of instances of what were called in the industry at the time maturity defaults, where the borrower made every single loan payment on time. But maybe that note came up for renewal at the end of, say, a five or seven year term. But now it was underwater and the lender basically said, well, uh, your ratios are out of whack. You need to bring 50 grand or 200 grand to the table to keep the loan ratios where they need to be. And if you couldn't, if you didn't have that sitting in your bank account, now all of a sudden you were in default. What are your thoughts on that process? And have you seen many of those? Yeah, I haven't seen many lately, uh, but I do recall what you're talking about when it was people, you're right, who had paid everything. There was just, there was no market to refinance their commercial property or multifamily property. I haven't seen too many lately, but mostly because people that get to that point today and they can't refinance, there's equity so they can sell it and make money. Now, in the commercial, maybe not so much, um, but I haven't seen that as a, as big a problem as, it was a big problem 10, year, 10 plus years ago, but it hasn't been something notable today. And maybe they're writing less less short-term loans. It used to be very common before the financial crisis, even in residential properties, to write loans with balloon payments, less so lately. Well, there's an awful lot of multifamily acquisitions, especially in the value-add space over the last several years that have been, I'm going to say 80 90% were taken down with bridge debt uh, and not permanent financing. Uh, so that's why I'm thinking there's a possibility that if we even see a small expansion in cap rates, as I'm sure we will mm-hmm. with these r- increase in interest rates, that we'll start to see some of those bridge loans upside down. I, I We have seen some fixed, so I agree, that makes a ton of sense. We have done some fix and flip residential loans, which were short term, like two, one or two years, and those have crept onto the platform here and there. Uh, and they're usually well received. So lots of times money was spent and uh, maybe they ran out of money or something for whatever reason, they didn't finish their work. And now the market, a lot of them probably got bailed out with the market you know, continue to appreciate, but that's probably uh, no longer uh, kind of an exit uh, going to provide uh, an easy exit as as it had in the, the over the last two years. Fascinating. Well, George, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Sure, preario.com. And uh, you can go there, you learn more about what our service, you can reach me through the, through the platform, and that's the best way to reach us. Fabulous. Well, love the perspective, uh, love hearing about your journey. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with George at preario.com. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. 